I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Hey friends, and welcome back to the show. I hope you're all having a great start to your week. Me personally, I am feeling kind of revitalized and rejuvenated and just full of energy after leaving the city I live in for the first time since March 2020. Now, I know a lot of people are in the same boat as me. We've obviously all been in lockdown experiencing this pandemic together, but I know a lot of my close friends and even family members have at least left the city that they live in to go to a neighboring city or whatever. I have not left this tiny city I live in since March 2020 And I just did for the first time this weekend. So that was a mix of being really amazing and so what my soul needed, but also absolutely exhausting. Scott and I got home on Sunday night. We were gone from Friday until Sunday and all day Monday, I kind of felt like I was hit by a bus. I was just so (laughs) tired, but I'm doing so much better now. And like I said, it was really just what my soul needed. It just felt so nice. We actually had a wedding to go to. So my cousin got married. We went to his wedding and it was just really nice to kind of have like a normal event to go to for like the first time in over a year. It was just really nice. And I did some shopping. I got a bunch of new outfits that I just feel so good in. And I didn't realize how much I needed that shopping trip and just some like girl time with my mom in the mall. So I hope all of you can find some time to just do something that really nourishes your soul today. That is my wish for you. So in other news, I have been dropping a few hints here and there. If you listen to my Instagram stories, I know a lot of people just kind of click through Instagram stories with the sound off, but if you have been listening to my Instagram stories, you'll know that I mentioned that I am creating or I'm in the process of creating a hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery course. Now, this isn't going to go live to everyone, but I did want to mention it here since my listeners are some of my favorite people. So you're very important to me if you're listening to this show right now. And if you find yourself in hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery right now, and maybe you've always kind of wanted to be working with me, I am offering something that I will literally never be offering 
ever again. So as I create this course all about getting your period back, and P.S., I am taking a very Meg approach to this course. So it's a very mind, body, spirit, soul (laughs) approach to HA recovery. Just exactly kind of like a roadmap of how I got my period back. So I won't be running it live like this any other time in a really intimate, small setting. And if this is something that piques your interest and you're interested in working with me inside this course, email me at hello at magdoll.com. I am taking a very small amount of people as in like under 10 people. So if you want to reach out to me to grab one of those spots, do so at hello at magdoll.com or just email me for more information if you're interested in that as well. So pretty sure those are all of the updates I have for you this week, but Speaking of HA recovery, that is exactly what we're getting into on today's show with Elise Laurie. So Elise is a fellow Gemini and also just so happens to be a fellow hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery enthusiast. So both her and I essentially just love talking about HA recovery Elise went through her own HA recovery journey during this global pandemic, and I am so excited for you to hear all about her story, her aha moments, the things that made the biggest difference for her, and gain all of the inspiration from her incredible journey. So really excited for you to meet Elise. And just a reminder that if you're listening to the show and loving it, take a screenshot or a picture of your surroundings, post it to your Instagram stories, but don't forget to tag me at I am Meg Doll so you and I can connect over on Instagram. All right, ladies, we will chat again next week. Hey, Elise. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on with me this week. This is like, I don't know, I'm really excited to sit down with you. (laughs) I know. Um, I'm so glad to be here and, and excited as well. I feel like I get especially excited whenever I sit down with one of the girls that I connected with through HA Recovery. And I think When you and I first connected, I may have already had my period back. I'm not really sure of the timeline on things, but regardless, it's just such a cool experience to connect with other women through this HA recovery journey. And I always say this, although this isn't an HA specific podcast, I really do love having these conversations and other women on the show that have like their own experiences to share. And whenever I say I'm doing like an HA episode, everyone just like, those are the most listened to. So for those who are meeting you for the first time this week, sweetheart, why don't you just introduce yourself to everyone? Yeah, so my name is Elise Laurie and I am 
just turned 26 actually uh, a couple of weeks ago and I'm an Australian university student. Um, I have my PT certificate, so I have worked as a personal trainer. Um, I'm just slowly starting to get back into that um, after taking a break, um, which I think I kind of needed to during recovery. Um, but I'm currently just finished my first year of my university degree as an exercise physiologist. So a couple more years until I'll be graduated and out working in that field. So that's like kind of a little bit about me in that sense. Right on. We're both Geminis. I love it. I know. When I knew you were a Gemini, I was like, oh, it makes so much sense why I love her so much. <laughs> yeah. Do you know your moon and rising sign too? I actually did have this all written down on a sticky note, but like I said, I'm away at the moment, so I didn't bring it with me, but I think I'm, I think I'm Gemini rising as well. I know I double up in Gemini. So more air, more air energy. Mm, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Another reason why we connect. I'm all air. So <laughs> I, you mentioned that you're, you just finished up your first year of university. And if anyone follows you on Instagram, they'll know that you talk a lot about HA recovery and you're always putting out such great content like every single time I log on to the app there's your face with like another reel and I'm like this girl is killing it and also now just sitting down with you knowing that you just wrapped up your first year of university I'm like how did she do it all at the same time <laughs> um I definitely think that making reels became my hobby when I had to give up exercise <laughs> um which was good because I remember my partner years ago um we worked on cruise ships together and I remember he how like he looked at me and he's like you need to find a hobby and I was like exercise is my hobby and now I'm sitting here being like I looked at him and I was like oh I know what you mean like I really did need to do more things so yes I love like talking about HA recovery is probably like my number one like favorite topic to talk about um it drives my partner insane but I love it <laughs> but probably and this just has come up a couple times already as we're just a few minutes into the show but you've brought up the fact that you've had to take a step back from exercise and if our listeners are familiar with HA recovery which I'm sure like all of them are they'll know that taking a step back from exercise is one of the things that we often talk about that doing in order to get your period back so why don't you kind of take us back through your journey first of all when did you first get your period back so everyone knows yeah, so I got my first recovery period back in September 2020, and that was just shy of two months of going all in, and I do all in in quotation marks, air quotation marks. Um, so I was originally, so when I found out about HA, it was in July 2020, and I guess I couldn't deny it any longer um, that I needed to make a lifestyle change. Um, I kind of saw all my red flags at once. And once I saw all of them, I couldn't unsee them. And I decided to make that change and cut back on my exercise. So I switched all of my 
weight training, my high intensity training, which was a lot um, that I was doing at the time. And I had been doing consistently for many, many years. Um, I switched that all to yoga and walking, but it was about, I think about six weeks into my recovery journey that I remember realizing I was still very rigid with my exercise routine. Even if it was just walking and yoga, I still would schedule that first before. It's like, cause I'm a uni student and I like to be a little organized. I have like a weekly planner that I have at the start of every week. And it has like 8 a.m. every hour broken down from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. So I can allocate times to do my assignments, do my lectures, all that sort of stuff. Otherwise I, I would probably be a little frazzled with trying to keep on top of all the uni work. So what I realized is I was still penciling in all of my like yoga sessions and my walks and things like that before I'd even penciled in my uni lectures. And I just kind of remember thinking like, ooh, I haven't changed my behavior. I've just simply changed the exercise. And that's when I was like, oh, my relationship with exercise isn't as healthy as I once thought it was. I now kind of saw that. And for me, I really had to take a step back at that point because I figured the best way for me to rebuild my, uh, my relationship with exercise, sorry, was to get rid of the old one and kind of reset and then start a new one when I was in a more healthier mindset when my body was healed. Um, and I don't think this was a coincidence, but two weeks after I gave up yoga, I got my first recovery period. So I think my body knew that I was finally letting her call the shots and she had permission to recover. Amazing. And that's not um, uncommon, right? I think for so many women, including myself, there were kind of like, a few last things where I just decided to let go of them. And then sure enough, just like you said, within the month, my period came and we kind of have to think of HA recovery and the actual like getting our period back through like that energetic lens too, right? It's all about flow. So what are we like holding on to that's preventing just like us flowing through life? What do we need to let go of to allow that flow to happen? Those are some really good questions to think about. And it sounds like for you, like you said, being so rigid and I love how you were able to put those together and really see even though you were still in recovery you were able to see oh wow I'm still being super rigid here and I still have this obsession with moving my body even though it doesn't look like it did before I'm still doing it with like walking and yoga yeah, 100%. And I totally agree with what you said about the flow. I really think, at least in my experience, my body knew when I was resistant to going with that flow and allowing things to change. And I think in the end, that that resistance is what held me back. Um, because then moving forward, I actually had to wait. I actually had to wait longer for my second period than I had to wait for my first. So my second cycle was 62 days long. Um, and I remember like after my first period, straight out the gates, I was seeing ovulatory signs. Like I was like, cycle day 14, this is going to happen. Like I never expected this. And it was 
it was a follicular wave and nothing happened from it. And I obviously in hindsight, I definitely think at that point, my, I still wasn't letting my body call the shots. I still wasn't giving her permission to fully recover because I think in my head, like somewhere subconsciously, I believed that because I'd already had one period, I didn't need to gain any more weight. You know, that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm weight restored, you know, I've gotten one period. And even though I didn't really change anything, I think just that subconscious, uh, I guess, thought and behavior uh, and idea about my body and recovery really deterred um, my body from ovulating. And it wasn't until I kind of gave into that. And yes, I actually gained more weight and no, nothing terrible happened. Um, I ovulated. And then ever since then, my cycles have gotten shorter. And now I'm kind of regulating around 35 day cycles, but that's taken. So I got my first period back in September and it's now, what is it? June. So that's taken. You're you coming know, up on nine, a year. Months. Yeah. I'm coming up on, I'm coming up on a year of starting recovery. And then, yeah, soon after that, it'll be my one year period anniversary. Yay. That's super exciting. I always love celebrating my period anniversary and there's something good coming this year for sure. Um, so walk us back. I know before you and I actually started recording, you mentioned that, and you included this when you were sharing, but like all of those red flags started going off for you and you just couldn't ignore them anymore. But something you shared with me before we hit record was the fact that you were studying about the endocrine system and you were starting to like put the pieces together and things were making a lot of sense for you. And something else you haven't shared is how long were you without your period? Yeah. So I'll answer that one first. Cause that's kind of an easy question. Yeah. I threw a um, lot of questions at you <laughs> right there. <laughs> that's all right. Um, so I was on the pill for 10 years so I don't exactly know when I lost my period. However, I came off the pill in March, 2020 and nothing, like literally nothing. And I can also remember two, probably almost three years ago now, while I was still on the pill, I remember getting really light periods. Cause at the time I didn't even know that the bleed that I got on the pill wasn't a period. Wasn't Once I found out about that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I'd been on that, I'd been on the pill for eight years at this point. And I was like, how did I not know this? Like all this time, I thought I had a not like a healthy, regular, natural cycle. Like you only know what you know, right? So um, so yeah, a couple of years ago while I was still on the pill, I remember my withdrawal bleeds getting really light. And I was just like, oh, this is probably you know, just because I've been on the pill so long. But now I look back being like, that was my body's first like cry for help. And I ignored it. I mean, I didn't know any better at the time, but then, yeah, when I came off the pill in March, 2020, just absolutely nothing. And I really wasn't too concerned about it. Like I won't lie. I just kind of thought it'll, it'll probably take a while to come back. Um, you know, I haven't had a natural period since I was 15. So, you know, and I don't even remember what my periods were like at 15. That was so long ago. Right. Like um, how do you remember? Yeah. No, not at all. Um, but I do remember being really concerned about my sex drive because I'm in a long, long-term relationship. We've been together for five and a half years now and uh, he's a Canadian. So 
I love my Canadians. And he's a Gemini. Oh my so. gosh, stop it. <laughs> That's so perfect. Um, I know it is. I would love um, to know what so, a relationship with a Gemini Gemini would be like. I'm very curious about that as well now. <laughs> it can be another podcast. Um, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it was my sex drive that was the biggest thing because I used to have a sex drive and then all of a sudden I had none, like zilch. And my partner said to me, he's like, look, I really don't want to spend the rest of my life with someone who doesn't want to have sex with me. And I was like, that's totally fine. I agree like I don't know what's going on because I obviously love him but I just had no drive and um I thought maybe there was something wrong with our relationship maybe we'd run its course like it was a very confusing time for me um mentally and emotionally and and, you know I did a little bit of research and stuff and I asked I was actually looking at these traditional Chinese medicine teas and there was one for libido and there was one for fertility. And I asked him, I was like, what, what do you think I should do? And he's like, you not having a period is a huge red flag for me. And that was in June, 2020. And that's when it just all changed for me. I was like, all right, I have to get it back. I literally got the shiver. So he's the one that said that to you? Yeah. Yeah. He's Girl. the one like, you know, yeah, I know. Yeah. He has that's his moments. <laughs> incredible. I mean, I was, as you know, I had no period for 12 years and I, you know, my boyfriends at the time knew and, you know, I had friends that knew, parents that knew, you know, and no one was really like, it was just never a concern for everyone or anyone. So I love that he actually pointed that out and was like, Hey, this is an issue. That's amazing yeah, yeah it was hands. and I still yeah I still remember I still remember where we were when we like I don't think I'll ever forget that because it was such a pivotal moment in what would turn out to be a massive change in my life yeah so um yeah he said that in June and then I found out about so I started my degree in July I should also mention he left Australia in July and he has not been able to get back since so my entire recovery I've done that with him in Canada um so he told me that my period was important and then he left me no it wasn't exactly like that um he had to go home for a bit but um so I started yeah I started I started my university degree before I found out about HA and I enrolled in the exercise sports science degree because I was like well I exercise a lot. Like, That's my it just hobby. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like it just makes sense for me to go into it, but I never felt truly passionate about exercise. I enjoyed it, but I never felt like this is my thing. Like this is what I want to do with my career. And I really struggled with that too, because I felt like I'm not saying you have to have it figured out in your twenties at all, but I just felt like I would have a better picture or a clearer picture of where I wanted to be and at what was I then I was 20 I just turned 25 and I still had no idea like I was just going to do this degree because it helped me get into a really popular field that you know has good opportunities in it um and I know I like to exercise so yeah I never felt passionate about anything and then two weeks into my degree I found out about HA and as soon as I heard what HA was I was just like oh I have HA and the way I found out about it too, like 
I can't deny that the universe was trying to tell me something. It's so funny. I was just going to ask you, like, were you searching it or how did you come across it? Because I I don't think I've ever really asked this on the show before when we've been talking about HA throughout the episodes, but I always am fascinated when I find out how people have like stumbled upon certain things, specifically like how did you find out about HA? Yeah, so with how I found out about HA, so I ordered those traditional Chinese medicine teas and they were taking a little while to get here. And for my birthday, my mum had, it's so funny, everyone's gonna be like, why are you telling me this? But it all makes sense when the story comes together. So my mum had ordered me this like mindfulness mug and for my birthday, like she gave me this like little cute gift package and a mug was in it with the word mindfulness on it. And um, I'd just gone to my doctor for a checkup and she'd actually asked me if I was still taking the pill. And this was in July. So I came off the pill in March and I mentioned to her, I was like, oh no, like I came off of that in March. I still haven't had a period. I didn't know whether I should mention this to you or not. Um, And she looked at me and she said, look, it's normal, but it's, I mean, sorry, she said it's common, but it's not normal. She said, let's do some tests to find out what's going on. And I was really fortunate now. I know that because from talking to other women, I realized that they don't always have experiences like that with their doctors. Totally. Um, yeah. So that, that day I left my doctor's office and I came home and my teas had arrived. So I'm making my tea and I'm using my mindfulness mug and I jump on my like university uh, website. And at the time I was taking a nutrition subject and one of the, di- uh, one of the lecturers had put up a list of different podcasts. And at that time I was getting really into podcasts. Like I was just, cause I have working on cruise ships for so many years. I didn't always have a lot of internet. So I wasn't really big on social media or podcasts or anything like that. So it's really getting into podcasts. And I saw that there was this, like these lists and I was like, Oh, like, let's have a look. And I found the mindfulness dietitian. And the reason I went to that was because I was drinking from my mindfulness mug. And then um, I started scrolling through the, the list of episodes and one was like missing period. Let's talk about it. And it had Nicola and Aldi on it. And I went for a walk, plugged that in. And literally within five minutes, I was like, oh, I have HA. Like oh, I bought the book shit. that night, I started <laughs> reading it. And I was just like, this is what I've got. <laughs> Hmm. Okay, so this is what brings me to what I really wanted to talk to you about. Recently, you did a post, it was like a couple weeks ago, about just deciding to do the thing. Right? You said, there, like, mm-hmm. okay, you... It was just this whole list of things that you said, just decide. You know, I decided to do this. I decided to do that. And... Is that kind of how this HA recovery journey started for you? Like you just decided, hey, I'm not going to, you know, beat around the bush anymore, or I'm not going to pretend this isn't a thing anymore. I just need to do this. Pretty much. I mean, I'm a fairly straightforward person. And when I set my mind to something, it's usually really hard to to move it away from that or to budge to budge me so 
even though like it sounds easy to say like I just decided to do it it was obviously very difficult and there was lots of challenges but yeah pretty much I just thought this makes sense I have to do this for my body I mean here's the science here's a lot of other women's experiences like you know there was those times where you think like this isn't me this this won't work but it, it does um you know I got all the other tests like I ruled out PCOS I ruled out the rare pituitary tumor all those things and then I just knew you know my doctor wanted to rule all these things out which was fine by me but at the end of the day I just knew that this is what I had to do and once I guess it's kind of like once you see it I, I at least in my experience I couldn't unsee it and I couldn't step foot in the gym and train like I used to train and know what I was doing to my body because like you'd mentioned earlier I was studying the endocrine system so before I even read no period now what I understood what FSH and LH was and under then like just by doing that like doing that subject at the same time as starting recovery it just made so much sense to me why my body wasn't doing what it was like what it wasn't doing and then also it made sense of how the recovery protocol of resting more and eating more would work because my body was just in this extremely stressed out state yeah Okay, so your recovery journey took place during a pandemic. And when your partner of now five and a half years was like trapped in Canada, essentially, right, he couldn't get back to you. So how did that go? Like, do you feel like recovering during a pandemic and being by yourself do you feel like that had its advantages or do you feel like that was just like more stress added to this already kind of difficult situation I love this question so I have always been the kind of girl that's been like in and out of relationships since I was younger I um I've never really been single like for a prolonged period of time and on my own. And I mean, right now I'm currently living with my dad and his partner because we're in a pandemic and I'm not, I'm not working, I'm studying. So it just, it makes sense. We're in a big farmhouse, so we're not crammed or anything like that. So I've never really had that opportunity to stand on my own two feet and to really, really find out who I was. And I got to do that with HA Recovery. I mean, it, it sucked not having my number one supporter by my side, but he still supported me as best as he could from, you know, 15,000 kilometers away. Um, and yeah, I just really got the opportunity to find out more about myself and a better understanding of just how strong I am. And I think for a very long time, I didn't know who I was. I, I really, truly didn't. I've always said this, like it felt like my mind and my body were two separate entities and two entities that didn't get along. <laughs> so HA recovery, I just feel like I was meant to do it with support because I still have great support around me, but I was meant to do it on my own because it really, really did show me who I was and I found a lot of things that I'm passionate about. I found a clear direction of who I am now, but who I, I, I want to be in the future. So, yeah, I mean, it definitely, it, yeah, I just think I was meant to do it on my own. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned that 
this was really, and I do believe that HA recovery is this rediscovering who we are journey because we use food and exercise to kind of almost like numb the parts of ourselves that we don't want to deal with or we lose parts of ourselves to food and to exercise addictions. So as you were moving through HA recovery, what did you come to discover about yourself as you started kind of like peeling back those layers or maybe like shining lights on those parts of yourself that you had been keeping in the shadows? I remember when I was younger, I used to be like a really uh, empathetic person. I used to feel a lot for others. And that's something that I really loved being able to do and connecting with others. But then somewhere along, I guess, my fitness journey or my health journey, whatever you want to sort of look at it like, I lost that and I got really emotionally detached from a lot of things, including my partner. Um, And I think one of the biggest things is that I have found that empathetic side of me again. You know, I can connect with people and I love to connect with people. And I've, I also found out that I am actually quite funny. I remember my um, my mum said to me one day, we were all hanging out a couple months ago and I'd said something and she looked at me and she's like, when did you get so funny? And I said, oh, when I stopped working out, you know, like I got my sense of humour back when I stopped taking life too seriously and working out seven days a week, you know. So, I mean, there's a lot of things, but I definitely think that empathetic side of myself. I'm so, I'm so glad that I have that back because I used to do really nice things for, you know, my partner and stuff like that. And I stopped doing that. And it's not, I I stopped doing that because I didn't feel like doing it. It didn't feel right. Just felt forced. And now I just feel, it's hard to describe, but I just feel a lot more like myself. I think more than I've ever been myself that makes sense. Yeah. And I think it's so important to talk about that. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to ask that is because we need to know, like the women that are listening to this episode, they need to know that HA recovery is so much more than just at the end of it, like getting this bleed every month, which I find amazing in itself, but there's just so many more things to look forward to. And another thing that I do want you to talk about, because you are into fitness and exercise and you had to, like many of us, completely let that go in order to get your period back. But now you're kind of at that place, like you mentioned, slowly starting to integrate some more movement back into your life and I think that's one of those like really hard things to wrap your head around when you're going through HA recovery it kind of feels like you're giving up this thing that you love forever and it's hard to think that at some point you can work that back into your life and me approaching like two years recovery I've been successful at doing that and now you're starting to do the same thing so do you want to talk about that a little bit more yeah for sure so I didn't I didn't return to exercise after my third period like you can or you know they say you you're allowed to work it back in after three periods I still felt 
terrified by the idea of exercise. Um, and I just thought if I feel this way, it's probably going to be more stress on myself mentally, physically, emotionally, if I introduce it. So I, and also my periods were still fairly long. And I told myself at the beginning of recovery that I would, I've worked out for 10 years consecutively pretty much. And I want to work out for the next 10 years consistently. So I can give my body six months off, even 12 months off, if that's what she needs to heal and recover so that we can work out together for the next 10 years. Um, and so when I got to that third period, I was just kind of like, well, I don't feel ready. So why rush it? And I think I know for me, when I started HA recovery, it's like, I'm going to get in, I'm going to do, I'm going to get my period back. And then I'm just going to forget about recovery. Like that's how I started. And to be honest, that's kind of how I viewed my workouts. I'm going to get into the gym, I'm going to get it done. And then I'm going to get back out. Um, but then, yeah, like you said, like as recovery goes on, you realize it's so much more than just getting your period back. And I definitely, definitely resonate with that so much, even though yes, the, the, the period is amazing. Um, I still call them recovery periods. Like I'm waiting on my eighth recovery period. And one of my friends who's not like has never recovered like from HA, like doesn't have HA or anything like that. She's just like, when do you stop calling them recovery periods? And I was like, never, I'm going to have my hundredth recovery period. <laughs> like, Oh yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I mean, approaching two years of recovery and it still feels just as exciting as it did last year when I was approaching this time. So the excitement doesn't fade, trust me. No, and I, yeah, and I love that because I think women that get to go through HA recovery, although it might feel like a curse, it can really be the biggest blessing in disguise if you let it because you get this brand new appreciation and understanding of your body that not many other women have if they haven't gone through something like this at least that's that's in my opinion you know but back to the exercise yeah so fourth period I started to I worked with Sarah Liz King you know I'm a personal trainer myself I'm starting to become an exercise physiologist but I just thought I don't have to do this alone why should I and I invested in Sarah Liz King to help me uh, for a couple of months and we worked together and it was honestly the best decision working, working with her because I got structure, but I also got accountability too, because I, I didn't want to, the last thing I wanted to do was go running back in the other direction when it came to exercise. And I just felt working with someone who's been through HA recovery and also in my eyes too, I would love to do what Sarah Liz King does one day. So why not learn from her as well? Um, so it was a win-win. I worked with her for a couple of months and I did overtrain at one stage and I was, I was pretty distraught about that because I just thought out of like all this time I've spent thinking about returning to exercise and all the things I've been putting into place, how did I manage to do this? Because I just remember I did two sessions too quickly and too close to one another when returning even with Sarah's blessing. Um, but she did say to me, look, like I, I can say that it's all right to do, but you're the only one who you're, you're responsible for listening to your body. And that felt like a really big responsibility. And I was just like, I was a little, I was a little stressed. Cause I was like, I don't know if I can, if I can do this, but 
I'm, I did overtrain and I know that I overtrained for a couple of reasons. I mentally, physically, and emotionally felt exhausted. Like I was just drained for about a week. I did not feel like myself. And then I remembered, like, I used to live in a constant state of this exhaustion. Like, how did I do that for so many years? And also I was seeing um, ovulatory signs, like I was seeing egg white cervical mucus, all that sort of stuff. And then as soon as I overtrained, it's like my body shut down and she's like, no, we've, we've done this before. We're not falling for it again. And that really made me listen and go, okay, like I'm doing nothing. And I literally rested for seven days. I went back to the basics, eat more, rest more. And I ovulated seven days later. And that, I think at the time I felt really guilty about it, but I think it was also another learning experience because it gave me so much more confidence, not only in myself, but in my body to tell me, what too much is. And for me, my ability to listen and reciprocate what she's saying and and give her what she needs. So that happened around, I think that would have been around like my sixth period, fifth or sixth period. And then I started working with Lucy McConnell in better balance training. So Lucy McConnell's Sarah Sarah Lee's King's colleague. And yeah, we just do different training blocks now. And she has just done through an app and she tailors it to where I'm at in my cycle. We catch, uh, we catch up twice a week through the app just to let her know where I'm at, like if I've ovulated or how I'm feeling, all that sort of stuff. And I just think that's been really good for me because, like I said, I probably could have done it on my own, but I didn't want to when there is all this support out there for us to use. And you don't have to do it on your own, right? And it's just so helpful not only talking things through with someone, but just having someone's like another set of eyes on what you're doing. And it's not the fact that like you're running to someone because you don't trust yourself, but they're just kind of there supporting you along the way and like turning you back to yourself to figure it out for yourself but I think like you said it was really helpful for you to go through that experience with introducing exercise seeing your body doesn't really tolerate it at or tolerate what you were doing at that time and I think that's so important because you know after HA recovery like we don't need to baby our bodies right like our bodies aren't these like extremely I mean our bodies are sensitive but we don't need to tiptoe around our bodies and think we're not able to do anything anymore I would say you know once you're at a good place in your recovery and you have several periods under your belt sure let's slowly start introducing exercise like that's kind of the only way we can know if we're ever going to be able to tolerate this or that or how much, right? Exactly. And that's what that's what Sarah said to me when I felt really, really bad about overdoing it. She said, if we don't, if we don't dip our toes in, we're never going to know. We're never going to be able to move forward if we if we don't do that. So definitely I think it's really easy. I, I and I feel like for most of the personalities that get HA, we kind of want to do things perfectly. And I think it's really easy for us to beat beat ourselves up when something doesn't go quite to plan, which is what happened to me. But I think it was just, you know, it's a learning experience. And you, as long as you, like you're allowed to make mistakes, like at the end of the day, we're only human, but it's learning from those mistakes and 
moving forward with that knowledge to try and do your best not to make the same mistake is is what is the difference between making a mistake and not learning from it. Yes, absolutely. So catch us up. How are things going for you now, sweetheart? Yeah, everything is really good. I mean, I think for the first time in my like adult life or even in my entire life, I just feel like I'm meant to be exactly where I am right now. Um, you know, I'm, I am having a difficult time getting my partner back into the country, but I'm not overly stressed about it. I am, but I also know that we're doing the best we can right now. And I think I have HA recovery to thank for this mindset. Um, Cause not only does it teach you patience, it teaches you a whole lot of other things that you can use in every other aspect of your life. And I just feel like the fact that I went through HA recovery has definitely served my long distance relationship um, because I see so many things differently now than I would have a year ago. I react to things differently than I would have a year ago. Um, so yeah, everything's going really well. I'm on uni breaks. So I've got a couple more years of my degree. Um, I'm actually starting a new job at F45 next week. So I'm excited to get back into the training scene a little bit. I am also a little bit nervous about, I guess, seeing that culture again, because I have been very removed from it for a while. So it will be an interesting learning experience for me, but I do feel like I'm ready to step back into it. I think a couple of months ago would have been pushing it, but I feel like where I'm at right now, I can go back into that industry and know what I know. And I guess I can see it from a different lens. Is that the best way to describe it, I guess? But no, everything is actually really going really well. So touch wood. to get better for you and honestly I could just keep chatting with you sweetheart but I do have one last question that I ask all of my guests you are on the unbreakable you show so what does it mean to you to be unbreakable oh this is a good question I think having the resilience to keep going especially I guess coming from HA recovery where every fiber in your body is telling you that eating more and resting more is wrong and then you've got society saying that eating more and resting more is wrong Um, so I think having that resilience to know in your heart that that's going to serve you in the long run and deciding just to do it I guess yeah Right on. I am so proud of you. And I'm just excited to continue to watch you and your journey because you're doing amazing things. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I've loved every minute of this. Like I said, we could keep chatting. I know, like I could chat with you forever. So we'll have to have you back on, sweetheart. I would love that. 